Hello and welcome. You're listening to Ending Physician Overwhelm with Dr. Megan Mello. In this podcast, we look at why, as physicians, we often get stuck in feelings of overwhelm, anxiety, and burnout, and how we can break out of toxic thought patterns. My hope is that each episode gives you an opportunity to heal and to get more clear on how you want to show up in your life and your work. And now, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode five, Time Off is Not a Cure for Burnout. So last December, so this would be December of 2021, uh, I was in a Facebook physician moms groups, and I saw someone comment that she had been off for two weeks, and she had been thinking that this would have sort of fixed her sensation of burnout and she should be feeling better, but she wasn't. She was dreading going back to work. And this is a common idea that so many of us have that we're working really hard and we we look forward to, you know, those next weekends or the day off that we have or a vacation or you know, sometimes even an extended leave like maternity leave or FMLA time for a planned surgery, we look forward to those times because we imagine that that is going to fix us, that that is going to help us feel better, right? That if only we could sleep and have some uh, quiet time, then suddenly, you know, we would feel recharged and be uh, you know, emotionally ready and, and eager to face the rest of the work. And I want to talk today about how that idea is flawed. If it was true that time off and rest were enough to cure burnout, then we wouldn't have that very common thing where we dread going back to work at the end of our vacation. So think about the last time that you had, uh, you know, maybe a week or two off and maybe you were in some beautiful place traveling and a day or two before you were going to leave, you're already sort of in that doom dread mode where you don't want to go back home you don't want to go back to work. You start thinking about the work that will have piled up while you've been gone and how terrible it's going to be to be caught up. Now, this is not unique to physicians, of course. Many, many jobs and many salary jobs in particular are like this, where there isn't necessarily someone doing the work that we do while we are gone on vacation. But I want to highlight, again, this idea that sleep and rest and time off aren't a cure for burnout. Now, those things are all important. No joke, right? Sleep and rest are essential human needs. And we have been taught in many ways, especially during our training, to go with very little sleep and rest. But getting caught up in sleep and rest doesn't change our thinking, 
certainly being very sleep deprived has a very deleterious effect on the way that we think and our emotional state. That is true, but just getting adequate sleep every night doesn't change our mindset when it comes to sort of living in this place of overwhelm and stress and burnout. If it did, then no problem. We would all get off our phones and go to bed, you know, at nine o'clock every night and sleep and get enough sleep that we magically felt better in the morning, but that is just not the experience. So sleep and rest are very important. And by rest, I mean, you know, I would include play in there. I would include time just sitting and reading or walking or exercise. So not necessarily just physical rest, but time when you are not doing intellectual work or chores or tasks. So they are sleep and rest are important, but they are not enough. And what happens when we really drill into this is, you know, if we look at it, we are struggling with subconscious or sometimes conscious thoughts that are making it difficult for us to actually get very much sleep or rest in the first place, but also thoughts that contribute to that sense of, you know, being futile in our work. So part of burnout definition includes this sense that the work that you do isn't valuable. Like you're not able to get enough done or the work that you do doesn't have enough meaning. It's not good enough in some way. And so if we think about that in terms of patient care, you may be feeling that all this hard work that you do with patients isn't really moving the needle anywhere. You're not really making a difference. And that sense of futility is very emotionally stressful, right? So just step back a minute and sort of think about, again, sort of how these thoughts come to play. So a lot of us carry these thoughts such as, I have too much to do. There's always too much to do. I never get my work done. This is too hard. I never get caught up, right? And again, you know, think about the context of your last vacation where you had a week or two off and you probably went into the vacation catching up on charts or notes or inbox or some tasks that had to be done before you felt like you really could relax. And then there's again that end phenomenon where even while you're still in this beautiful place or you're still you know, staycationing that that's what you needed to do and you're supposed to be enjoying yourself and you're just stuck in this place of dreading going back to work, dreading the work that is going to be waiting for you. So when we think about, you know, this place of stuckness and this idea of time off being a cure and, you know, how we're debunking that right now, we need to really start to work on the thoughts and feelings that are creating that stuckness. So to create new patterns in our ways of thinking so that we have, you know, not only new thoughts, but new behaviors from those thoughts and feelings 
that really serve to bring us out of the feeling of stress and overwhelm, as well as resistance. And by resistance, I mean those thoughts of, you know, I have too much to do. I never get all my work done. This is too hard. This is too impossible. I'm never going to be able to get caught up, right? That's resistance because we, we believe that, you know, there is kind of a caught up sense that there is a, should be a sense of doneness when maybe there shouldn't. So I want to talk about intentionally practicing rest and connection, but we have to really consider that we often aren't really treating our time as being valuable. So just think for yourself, how much of your time are you ending up spinning and thinking about, you know, both the amount of things that you need to do as well as the limited time that you have to do them. How much time do you actually spend, you know, kind of in that space versus time spent where you're actually changing the things, changing the thoughts, changing the actions, taking tasks off your list, getting help, uh, you know, creating more time for yourself. And so I'd like you to uh, do this next exercise with me. So you certainly can't do this if you're driving. So be cautious, you may need to come back to this, but I want you to get out a piece of paper or open a Word document, something where you can write things down and spend some time actually writing out the things that you feel like you need to do, that you should be doing, that you want to do. And I, I don't want you to stop writing until you can't think of any more things. So I want you to include stuff that you feel like you need to do, should be doing, want to do at work stuff for your kids, if you have kids, for your partner, if you have a partner, for the place that you live, whether that's a home or an apartment, for your extended family, what are those shoulds? Oh, I should create a, you know, a family tree and I should organize a family reunion and da, 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 da. Think about the things that you feel like you need to do and should be doing and wanting to be doing for your health and list them all out. So at work, this might look like, well, I need to see the patients. I need to keep my inbox completely clean. I need to be able to respond to all the forms and messages and emails that I get. And I should be writing excellent grade A plus notes. I you know, should be getting 100% scores on my patient satisfaction. I should be learning new skills. I should be keeping up with my CME and uh, documenting, you know, the hours or whatever all those things are. Just that list alone tends to be a pretty huge list, but do that for these different areas in your life. And then I want you to imagine handing this list, which, you know, by now may be several pages long. What happens if you hand that to your best friend. What expression is on their face as you slide these pieces of paper toward them and you say, these are all the things 
that I need to be doing, that I should be doing, that I want to be doing. And, and, and they just should be done right with this, with this 24 hours a day, seven days a week that we all have. Imagine their horrified expression as they realize that you've gone off the deep end, that you are crazy to be thinking that you could be getting all of those things done. And we have to, we have to imagine it, you know, through the lens of a friend or someone who loves us in order to be able to see often the impossibility of doing all the things that are on our list. Because so often we are expecting to be doing grade A plus work in all of these arenas. And if I was doing this task right now myself, I could probably fill a full page front and back single space for each of those different areas, right? Things that I feel like I need to be doing, I should be doing, I want to be doing. And, you know, with these full pieces of paper, how on earth could any human being imagine getting that done? And so think about you yourself as a physician, you know, with your specialty and, you know, whatever circumstances you have in your life, should you be doing all of those things? If you are, let's say, um, a urologist and you work full-time and you've got three children, should you also have an immaculate garden and a house that is not only beautifully decorated, but also amazingly clean and be cooking homemade meals every night and uh, be you know active in your tennis club and also the PTA president. The list of things that we create for ourselves, these ideas about what we should and shouldn't be doing are often just so impossible. And so when you are then trying to go and rest. So you're carrying around all these ideas of what you need and should and sometimes want to be doing. And you go into a scenario like a vacation or some kind of extended leave or even the weekend, you're never shutting down that list. You're carrying that with you. And no wonder you don't feel rested you don't feel restful during your trip often or your, your leave, whatever, whatever that looks like. And you're dreading sort of restarting your normal life because you're carrying around this list of completely impossible tasks. So the reason why this exercise is so powerful is it helps us to see that our time is not really the actual problem here. The problem here is that we are carrying around really impossible standards, usually in all different arenas of our life about how we show up 
not only you know as physicians, as employees, uh, you know as colleagues, but also in our personal lives, our roles as sons and daughters, as partners, as parents, as um, you know, dog and cat parents, you know, whatever all those things are, as friends, as human beings, as neighbors, we're carrying around so many things that we feel like we should be doing and we should be doing well and excelling at that we are our own enemies. We will never, ever be able to do all of those things as well as take care of our human needs for rest, play, connection with family, time for our health, whether that looks like, you know, exercise time or medical care, therapy, whatever those things are, we simply have created completely impossible standards. And that's why time off is not the answer. We have to look really deeply at the things that we are expecting for ourselves and the way that we expect to show up in our work and start to really address those thoughts. How do we start to take things off the list? Deciding that those things are not feasible, deciding that those things should be handled by somebody else and taking steps to do it, deciding that we need to ask for more help, deciding that we really need to prioritize things in a different way, right? If you notice, I mentioned your health last on there because so many of us put our health last. And if you don't think that's you, I want to ask you how many hours of sleep you get a night how often you exercise, how often you blame yourself for not exercising and really looking at those things. And do you put those other areas first? Because for so many of us, especially those of us who have been socially conditioned to take care of the needs of others first, we are often putting ourselves, including our health, last on that list. What I would like for you to carry away from our time here today is to start the process of looking at what you are expecting for yourself and starting to really understand what your value is and that your value is not connected to completing an impossible set of tasks, but really your value is leading a life that you love, doing work where you feel like you are contributing and making a difference, having a home life that you find comforting, enjoyable, relaxing, and pursuing things that help you grow as a human being. And so for so many of us, we have come to a place where we feel completely stuck in these lists of impossible tasks and never feeling like we measure up 
but we aren't turning the lens back onto ourselves to see where we are not valuing ourselves and trying to push ourselves too far. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode has been helpful for you, I really encourage you to share it with a friend or colleague. And of course, to like and subscribe on whatever podcast app that you are listening on, that helps the episodes get found by other people who can also be helped. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Please feel free to send me any comments and take care. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye.